You're listening to Connecting the Universe from Mike Ricksecker and ConnectedUniversePortal.com. Welcome, everybody, to Connecting the Universe. I'm author and researcher Mike Ricksecker back at you with another fantastic interactive class. And I need to bring up my show notes here. I had to reboot just before we started. Kind of goes with the territory. But we have a, uh, this is going to be a fun show this evening, or I should, well, it's more of a show this evening than it is a class is what I should say. Um, because we're just going to be going over some fun uh, ghost stories, haunted locations, that sort of thing, rather than diving down deep into a topic. So this is our uh, Halloween class or show or whatever you want to call it this evening because, well, this just kind of came up out of the blue uh, over the past week, and that is I will be uh, flying to New York next Wednesday night uh, to film a television show. And so we're going to have to cancel uh, class next week. I know this happened a few times here uh, over the past couple months. It happened a lot in September, but it's just kind of the way it is. I was already going to be traveling and I was going to be doing the class from a different location, but now in the middle of my travel, I'm having to once again, move on. So Crazy stuff, but uh, we roll with the roll with the punches. But again, we're going to have a fun time this evening. So all this stuff is just being done a week early, which is fine. So I do want to throw out there for those that are listening to the podcast version of this later, such as on you know Spotify or iHeartRadio, iTunes, maybe on one of the syndicated shows like Unex Network or KGRA. Um, please join us every Wednesday night at eight o'clock p.m. Eastern step next week, apparently, <laughs> uh, for the full Connecting the Universe experience at connecting un- the ConnectedUniversePortal.com. It's a 30-day free trial, which gives you access to, of course, the weekly Connecting the Universe interactive class, sneak peek of behind-the-scenes video, monthly Q&A videos, exclusive articles, insider travel blogs like Egypt, Ireland, the American Southwest, more Egypt coming up when we uh, go on the Stargates of Ancient Egypt tour next year. Please join us for that as well as the uh, Sail with Spirit Alaska cruise. All of this and more can be found at ConnectedUniversePortal.com. All right, so those that are watching with us live this evening, let's go ahead and get into the class question. What's the creepiest or spookiest location you've ever been to? I did something a little bit similar last year for the the Halloween show, uh, but we're doing it a little bit differently this time. And uh, we had some uh, good responses to this. So uh, Jennifer LeBay responded with, in 10th grade, our high school had a program called Project Adventure. We had to crawl through a pitch dark drain pipe. That was pretty creepy. Uh, for anybody who's, I won't give anything away, but for those who uh, have watched the new uh, Halloween Ends movie, um, yeah, it kind of uh, kind of reminds me of that. <laughs> All right. And uh, Tom McNicholas is in the house as well. So great to see you, Tom, uh, joining us for this evening. So then we had Vicki Brees said, hands down, Bobby Mackey's in Wilder, Kentucky, scratching demonic voices and lots of drained batteries. Had something follow us home. Will not go back. Uh, I have not actually yet been to Bobby Mackey's. Uh, of course, I've heard quite a few stories about uh, the goings-on there, but I haven't yet been myself. And it seems like this is a typical thing that happens with, with Bobby Mackey's. So uh, maybe one day I'll venture down there. I mean, I do pass through the area uh, from time to time, but have not yet partaken. 
And then Victoria Monday says, currently the scariest place I have been is my living room. The night I did smoke detector ITC was amazing. Of course, the fire department had already left by that time. I'm still seeing shadow people everywhere. Last night, the cat toy started going off and Toby was next to me. I think the shadow cat is still around. I've grown accustomed to the knocking. A friend of mine was here the other morning and he kept telling me he was hearing knocking in my metaphysics room. That's just the house settling, right? The house settles with a double knock, right? So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, ever since Victoria has moved into her new place, she's had a lot of activity going on there. She has reached out to me about the uh, uh, the shadow people. So Tom McNicholas down in the chat uh, says, my creepiest experience was at Joliet Prison. Yeah, I have yet to go to Joliet as well. I know, Tom, you've done a lot out of Joliet. So, um, yeah, one of these days I'll venture out there. Jen says... Uh, votes no to Bobby Mackey's. <laughs> um, well, I guess that, that'll just be. Um, oh well, I'll, I'll tell you what. If we go to the, if we go to Jim Beam, um, can we just like stop through? You can sit out in the parking lot, and I'll go in. You know, just kind of say hi. Um, but Jim Beam is supposed to be haunted too. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and get into this evening. So we're actually going to be doing a lot of uh, video clips tonight. Uh, there's going to be footage that has never been seen before on some of these. So uh, we're going to be starting off with one of my favorite haunted locations. That's Mineral Springs uh, Hotel in Alton, Illinois. The first clip uh, you guys have, you, well, I won't say all of you, but some of you have seen before. Sarah Youssef actually uh, made reference to it a couple of weeks ago in class with the water-based EVP session. That's within the first clip. The second clip, when we get to it, uh, actually has uh, shadow dimension extras and, and pieces that have never been shown before from season one. Uh, a lot of that extra footage that did not make it. One I'm going to eventually uh, post here uh, pretty soon on the uh, Shadow Dimension uh, Facebook page, uh, just basically as a uh, deleted scene. But both of these clips actually feature our good friend who passed away last year, Coyote Chris Sutton. So um, I always, um, you know, when it comes to Mineral Springs and we, and we talk about that or we show some clips, I like to include him because he was, he was a permanent fixture there and, uh, you know, a lot of my memories from Mineral Springs include him, and he was a he was a fantastic friend. So, uh, let's go ahead and uh, and get started with this. So, Mineral Springs Hotel, Alton, Illinois, Shadow Dimension visits there. I've done a lot of work, a lot of paranormal investigations outside of there. It's right along the Mississippi Re River. Uh, many people consider Hal uh, Alton uh, one of, if not the most haunted small town in America. Uh, so. Bring this up and you can have a look. There is little doubt in, in a visitor's mind when they come to this town, when they walk down the streets or they go to tour an old historic home, something feels different here. Um, people just know it coming into this building. Um, they'll come into the shop and say, what's the story with this place? It, it doesn't feel quite right. Uh, and, and I think people just know. Can I tell them about the footprints? Yeah. Um... A, a group down here, they just spent the night, they would have people would put their sleeping bags out here in the bottom of the pool. And um, they heard somebody walking, and they got up and uh, looked around here and lights on, and there was wet footprints around the pool, um, small like a child. Right, and of course, yeah. there's no water in the pool. No, exactly, the pool's been dry for 60 years. So does your name really begin with an H? someone here that would like to speak to us? Where are you from? Where are you from? 
Why are you here? You don't know? I just heard something over there. Yeah, I heard like, yep. yeah, a tap or something down in there. Some back yeah, in there. You see that? Yeah. Yeah. How old are you? 30? I thought I heard 33. 33? Yeah. Okay. So this is just a whole other pool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. There's something next to There's something over there. I'm going to go check that out. Can yeah, I, I, I climb up this? Oh, this is a rickety ass way to go climbing up there. Yeah, I'll hold it for you. I'm good. Good thing that's not really. We explore, don't we? We did. It's inconsistent with this. Oh. What do you got there? Yeah, yeah, no, this is where the demons hang out, yeah. That smells sulfur, yeah, we're good. Well, it's a lot wet in here. I said I need three hands. Oh. It's a, uh, it's like a, it's caved in. There's old, an old stone wall. God, it does smell back there too. There's an old stone wall that, yeah, it's gotta be like an original wall or something. Jesus. Yeah, so some old school clips there, uh, dating back to 2016 uh, on some of those. So, uh, yeah, the, the water-based EVPs that, that Lee showed us. Now, Lee is a, um, you know, he's a world-class diver. He does a lot of deep-sea salvage and things like that. He's been down to shipwrecks. Uh, he, he lives in Florida and, and off the coast there. He's been down to some different shipwrecks and has actually seen and witnessed uh, paranormal activity down there. So uh, apparitions and some of their recording equipment down there, and it's under the water. Uh, they've still gotten uh, some some EVPs and things like that. But the method that he's talking about there uh, with the EVPs at Mineral Springs, there's a fountain that's down at the end of that hallway off the Grand Ballroom. And there's, a, uh, there's an upholstery shop down there that the fountain's in front of. And between the lup, 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 lup of the water, that's where you can hear the voices. And with water being a conductor of uh, electromagnetism, it's the idea is that as the spirits are speaking, the water picks up the voices and you're able to, to hear it between the lapping of the water, which we did. We were getting intelligent responses like, where are you from? St. Louis, how old are you? 33, that sort of thing. So it's, it's, really, it's really quite a fascinating technique. And then just, you know, some other exploration video and some of the other locations there at Mineral Springs. So I had, a, I cut this clip in half. It's a little bit uh, long for our, our stream here. So I'm going to play uh, a second clip out of Mineral Springs. And I, I saw some of Tom's comments down here, uh, you know, talking about having some good times uh, there with, with Mike and Chris. And uh, let's see, Sarah saying, I saw an interesting lecture on EVP. They said that EVPs use our sounds as carrier waves to travel into our dimension. Um, well, I would say this, you know, sound works on a different wavelength than other things like light. Uh, so when we talk about, and, and I've postulated this theory uh, several times when it comes to uh, the Alaska Triangle with some of the missing airplanes and you hear things come back or uh, at Johnny B's in Muskogee, Oklahoma, you know, where we heard the sound of the door slam when the door didn't move at all and things like that, uh, that, you know, sound being, you know, working on a different wavelength can traverse the different dimensions because sound is a different wavelength than light, which with your eyes, you're seeing the reflection of light waves. So, um, so yeah, that's an interesting topic and we can get into those sorts of things in a uh, in another discussion. This is just we're we're talking about uh, some fun some fun ghost stories this evening, spooky places, hauntings, 
for for our Halloween show. So, all right, these clips here from Mineral Springs, there are deleted scenes here from the Shadow Dimension. It does include the last the last time I saw Chris. Uh, it was a little bit less than a year before he passed, but it also includes him telling a, a story down in the old uh, slaughterhouse of Mineral Springs as well. So, there you go. Okay, we are down here. I'm with Coyote Chris Sutton. We're down here in the bowels of Mineral Springs Hotel. This is the old slaughterhouse. slaughterhouse right. <laughs> this is the old slaughterhouse. That is the cistern to the Mineral Spring. When I was talking about there just being a hole in the ground, I was not kidding. There's literally a hole that goes down into the ground. And this is where the mineral water came up and you know, the apparatus is no longer there, but it was a cistern. They ended up bottling the water, and there's still you know, things up here that uh, some some apparatus is still there for for the bottling plant. But um, you know, this is where I believe you know a lot of the energy to the hotel is being fed. Now you still have the limestone bluffs back there. You got the Mississippi River out there. The water that comes under here, that's still an open hole into the ground, and I think that helps feed the energy into this place to kick up that supernatural activity. Coyote Chris Sutton's a shaman. He does a lot of drum circles down here and he has witnessed those spirits coming in here. You want to tell the story? Yeah. Okay, so um, we did a little drumming thing. I've got a story here that this happened a while back. That was on a Haunted Road Media event and after those events we have a, a, a ghost hunt investigation and so my son Max was helping me out this night and we were down here we'd already done one drum circle we're waiting for the next group to come in and we left the lights out because you know we want that effect you know when people come into the the sub basement for the first time because it's pretty scary so we're standing here just kind of talking quiet to ourselves all of a sudden off to my left we hear footsteps now there's no way that somebody could be walking upstairs. I mean, this is concrete and, and there's nothing, there's no floors above us for quite a ways. And so it wasn't footsteps from above nor below because we're at the lowest point. And so we heard these footsteps and just very evenly paced, very loud. So that was kind of interesting. And so also on the other side, we start hearing footsteps. So we had two sets of footsteps walking around us at the same time. And this lasted for a couple of minutes until the next group came down. Um, but yeah, that was a really exciting experience because we'd gotten uh, our, we had one drum circle and the songs were sung and the prayers were given and all of a sudden, you know, we had something walking around us, two things walking around us, probably spirits. And so, yeah, that's the sort of things that can happen when you, when you energize a place like that. So what I was trying to say is I'm trying to recreate that night as best as I can. I don't have the other five people here with me, obviously, and I can't make noises happen down the hall. This is going to be as best as I can. Um, I do have a motion detector light down there. I have the K2 set up down there. And we're going to try to, maybe Pearl can help here. I don't know, Pearl, could you possibly help with, I don't know if you remember from a year and a half ago, when we saw the little girl down the hall. I'm speaking toward the closet, but she's been seen in the closet before. We were here last June, June 2019. I don't know how time works for you if you understand June 2019 right now. But we were here, we were actually trying to talk to you, and yet it was a little girl who came down the hall. Is there a way you can reach out to her and ask her to come down the hall like that again? Or maybe, little girl, we don't really know what her name is. You know, and it's, you know, it's like, you know, people say, well, you know, you guys are trying to see him. No, I just, you know, I've been... It happens. Yeah, it yeah. does happen. I mean, I've been doing this stuff since 1998, so mm -hmm. I can tell the difference between something happening and something not happening, right. wishful thinking, you know, that kind of stuff, just because we're shooting this. But no, it was right there. I said, oh, that was pretty cool, so... Right, right. It didn't even have a chance to get to the whole story of what happened with me, so for a little bit of context, mm -hmm. and I'll run through the whole story but for a little bit of context the door right over here off to the right not the one 
directly behind me, but the next one. You want to stand by it? Yeah, yeah, Chris will stand by it. That's the doorway of the room where the little girl is usually seen, but right by where Chris is standing. Chris, if you want to get like next to the wall just before you get to the door. No, no, back. Yeah, just before you get to the door if you're coming down the hall. Yeah, like right there is where, that's as far as we could get the little girl to come up. Now she had manifested a little bit further back down the hall and we got her, we're coaxing her, come closer, come closer. And right about where Chris is standing, um, that's where she got to. She would not go any further. So, but um, we were back in, I'll kind of walk through it a little bit. We we're back in Pearl's room, which is back behind the camera. And we heard noises coming from down the hall, came out to just behind the camera. There's basically an L-shaped hall here. Looking down and the uh, at the end of the hall, there's this shadow smoke that is welling up and it was coming closer and closer. And if you can imagine, it was creeping up the right-hand side of the wall and then coming back down. It would creep up and then come back down as it was coming closer and closer. And at some point, probably about where the white door is, which Chris will go down there. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> you can be like Vanna White. And, That's right. Yeah, there you go. Right about there is where she really morphed into the little girl. And then we were able to get her to come to this doorway. And um, really it was most of the others that saw her as a little girl. They did not see her as the shadow smoke, which is really, really interesting because um, some people tend to see more apparitions and shadows and more, or, and others see more shadows and apparitions and I seem to be more the latter so I but I saw the whole thing from smoke to apparition and the other four saw her as the apparition coming closer and closer to this doorway so really very interesting experience maybe we can reach out to her tonight I don't know but Chris already saw somebody right here all right there we go and that's a little bit of a I don't want to call it alternate version of storytelling but it's a while I was there, I think I told the story several times just so that we made sure we had a, a good version of it. The, the version of it that made the Shadow Dimension docu-series at the very beginning of episode six was actually a Facebook Live walkthrough that I did the March before I moved from Illinois. And so, but that was uh, when I had returned and I, I went with the other one because I was actually walking into the room right there and everything. But uh, that's a, another version of me telling a story and Chris helping out with the storytelling, which is fantastic. And it was shortly thereafter, we did a little investigating within the room where the little girl's been seen and then uh, said goodbye to Chris. And when you see on the shadow dimension, him waving to me and saying goodbye as he walks through that white door that that was the last time that that I saw him before he passed. Uh, so we have some comments here. Uh, we have Tom McNichols and Tom was there that night. So Tom can attest to uh, to what happened, at least seeing the little girl part, because um, they hadn't really they hadn't come out to the hall yet. As I saw the smoke, it was like as the little girl had appeared, that's when Tom and the others had joined. Um, so Tom says, bet Chris's spirit will continue to visit Mineral Springs Hotel and the McPike Mansion. Both were his favorite places. Yeah, he was at both all the time. Uh, he was uh, intimately involved with both locations. Uh, and McPike is, is another fantastic haunt there uh, in Alton. And Vicki says, how about Mineral Springs? Uh, we could do a mini Ireland reunion. There was also McPike Mansion and Limp Mansion in St. Louis. I mean, I'm I think we've all wanted to do an Ireland reunion and I'm always down for uh, heading out to Alton and Mineral Springs. I should be passing, well, I will be passing through here in November and I'm trying to coordinate paying a visit to, to Mineral Springs and visiting my good friends, Don and, uh, Donna and David at uh, It's Raining's Inn, which is right there in uh, Mineral Springs. It's the metaphysical shop there. So Sarah asks, uh, while there is often a lot of evidence captured, what makes a place spooky? Being in the paranormal field, I find it difficult to find anything as scary nowadays. And I know what you mean. You know, I'll get a lot of times in different interviews that I do, okay, what's the you know, scariest investigation you've ever had? And you know, it's, it's tough to answer uh, what, what's the scariest moment, what, what frightens you, that sort of thing. Because when I'm on an investigation, you know, I'm of the mindset, 
if something happens, I'm going to explore that. I'm going to run toward it, not run away. You, know, you see a lot of these, you know, YouTube videos where uh, you got kids or young adults spooking themselves. They go into a haunted location and, you know, something rattles the door or there's a thump in the wall and they just, you know, scream and run out of there. Uh, yeah, that we don't do that. So I think it's the ambiance. Like that upstairs area there of Mineral Springs is is pretty creepy. And it changes from room to room. Depending on which room you're in, it has a bit of a different vibe. Uh, same thing with the abandoned pool area, which we saw at the very beginning of the first clip where we were actually inside uh, the one abandoned pool. And then that little exploration was the old uh, men's pool, which also has its own different vibe. So I, I think that's kind of it. Or Stone Lion Inn. We did that one last year during our Halloween special. And that one just, I call it a creepy, cool ambiance. You know, you, you know it, it does have a little bit of a creep factor to it, but, you know, the house is just, uh, you know, it's very historic. It's very beautifully kept up. Um, it's an amazing, amazing building, but it still has that kind of spooky type of feel to it. So it's, to me, it's about energy and ambiance. So, um, and Sarah also asked, did you have trigger objects placed? Yeah, usually on investigations, uh, I'm, I'm placing trigger objects or using information that I have as a trigger object with the little girl there in Mineral Springs in the room where she is frequently seen at, which I've actually never seen her in the room, but you know, saw her uh, by the doorway or walk up to the, to the doorway. Um, there's like a teddy bear in there and some different toys and things like that for her. Uh, Tom says, been to Limp Mansion, great there, was able to walk through it when having a terrific Sunday brunch, love to investigate there sometime. Yeah, I have not investigated at Limp, but yes, right there, right there in St. Louis. Um, I also really like St. Charles in that area. They have a great historic, uh, section of town. So, all right, we need to move on because that's Mineral Springs has kind of taken up the first half of the class tonight. <laughs> so, but you know, those were, those were longer clips. So we're going to go a little bit further back in time for me. Some of uh, some of the original Haunted Road Media content. Actually, it was old Society of the Haunted content. Uh, things that I posted to YouTube 11 years ago on, uh, well, we had a Society of the Haunted channel, but most of it went on to the Mike Ricksecker channel. And um, you know, which is, so just to let you guys know, uh, the Haunted Road Media channel is going to end up being rebranded back to the Mike Ricksecker channel here very soon. Uh, so be because we've been doing a lot more things than just hauntings, you know, connected universe type of material covers a lot of different topics. So that will get rebranded back to Mike Ricksecker, which is what it was many moons ago. But in any case, Black Bear Church, Olive Township, Oklahoma. And this is, uh, you know, featured in, in my book, uh, Ghosts and Legends of Oklahoma. This place at night was very, very creepy. You know, it's, a, it's an old abandoned church. And it was a really heavy, dark energy within that church. We would go over to the cemetery and like the, the weight would be like lifted off your shoulders. Now, during the day, it's a whole different experience. Uh, it's kind of I would say more benign. It's it's kind of just flat there during the day. Um, you know, it's certainly not light energy there. Uh, a lot of strange rumors and stories and tales come out of there. My story about the crawler comes from this particular location. So the clips that I'm showing are uh, clips out of the old, I think it was episode four of Ghosts and Legends of Oklahoma. Uh, Again, about 11 years ago, so enjoy. Back in the early 1900s, this was the New Bethany Baptist Church. In the past, on this stone slab here, um, there have been some animal bones found, look like animal sacrifices being done here. So uh, certainly, uh, you know, people, trying to do uh, uh, cultish acts uh, were going on back here. We just felt an ominous uh, feeling and we knew that there was something in the basement and so the group had decided to sing um, church hymns in order to make whatever it was um, try to dissipate or to see what would happen and 
healing finally went away. Um, prior to that happening, we had um, someone jump on me because they saw a shadow crawling towards them. And I actually captured a picture of this crawler at the corner of the church upstairs. And I captured numerous photographs that were of light, balls of light. Okay, now when we've taken photographs here, um, we've gotten some interesting uh, illuminated balls of light that, that look self-illuminated. I picked up one, oh, it's probably like right about up here. Uh, Kathy's picked up a few, have gotten some like around the windows. And there have been stories about uh, shadow people looking in the windows, uh, a crawler um, uh, around the uh, what used to be the roof. So um, definitely some uh, uh, great activity and photography that we've been able to pick up here. Now directly across the street from the church is the Black Bear Cemetery, which was originally the Baldwin Cemetery, named after the family who moved here and donated the land over there for the cemetery, uh, owned it as a farm. The first time I came here with Logan and Kathy, um, we were actually driving across from the church to here because there were coyotes out that night and so we didn't want to you know ha have any trouble with that so we actually drove the car across here and when we were coming back out to get into the car we heard footsteps coming from down the road headed this way we thought one of the locals was coming down to check us out you know see what was going on with the flashing lights and, and all that from our investigation so we got in the car and drove all the way down because they were that loud. We thought somebody was truly walking our way, but we didn't find a soul. The second time that we were here, Dustin and I were checking out the headstones in this area. Um, notice this one, last name Allen, uh, you know, from the map that we have, dating back to 1906. And notice the dates on here, John L, 1920-2005, was exactly the same as the one behind it. Uh, John Langdon Allen, 1920-2005, exact same dates. So he and I are taking a look at this and make the comment that you know this one apparently was put in here by the Navy you know exactly the same for the same person got an EVP confirming that that said correct it's really uh, really kind of interesting to have that sort of intelligent response to something that we were talking about with the headstones there's a second marker for John right here from the uh, from the Navy so he's got two markers so he's got two markers so he's got two markers first time I was here, got this fantastic EVP. Logan was headed that way toward the car because we were leaving. Kathy was over by him. I was kind of wandering uh, through the headstones here and picked up an EVP that said, my teeth are warm. Probably one of the crazier EVPs we've ever gotten. Uh, it was a class A, very, very clear. And uh, here it is. I think it's a, I think it's an interesting location, um, and it's probably you know it's probably one of the more unique locations we visited. Uh, no, uh, Next time on Ghosts and Legends of Oklahoma. This was it was a lot of fun to write. It was a lot of work. All kinds of fun ghost stories in it. You know, go through your own ghost tour with this driving around the state. I want He's I didn't. That was my uh, son Chase there at the very end. So it's a nice playful clip from way back in the day. That was for the release of, of the book, Ghosts and Legends of Oklahoma. We were at a restaurant, but I do have to thank my daughter for the camera work on that. Um, you know, she she toted the camera around while we did the, the Black Bear footage. And I do apologize for the wind throughout that, but uh, Oklahoma, you know, it's it's windy. <laughs> It's very windy out there. But uh, yeah, so the first time I ever went there at night with Logan Corelli and Kathy Nance, Logan was the one that knew the location. He'd been there several times. 
And um, yeah, it's really just off a couple of dirt roads out in the middle of nowhere. Times that we've gone out there, there'd be like cows all over the roads and crazy things like that. Um, but that very first time walking into the church, uh, picked up that fantastic illuminated ball of light. Now, I don't put stock into probably like at least 95% of uh, orb photos because most of the times they're dust or moisture or things like that. But this is, you know, illuminated ball of light that we saw right when we first walked in, snapped the photo, never saw anything like that again. And then the uh, the crawler stories come out of the uh, the basement from there. So you go down those steps into the basement area, and that's where we we witnessed the crawler. Other people have reported seeing the crawler along the uh, along the roof line, which you know there's no roof anymore, but um, but along that that roof line there. You know, a couple other questions and uh, comments. Uh, Sarah's asking about Native American-based activity in the area. Oklahoma, yeah, has, has a lot of uh, Native American-based activity. Uh, Fort Washington has a lot going on there and uh, a number of other locations. At Black Bear Church specifically, uh, not so much. But uh, throughout Oklahoma, there's a lot of uh, interesting tales about the, the uh, Native American activity. So uh, moving on here, though, because... I do have some additional clips. I'm going to move on to the Ferry Plantation. This is out in Virginia Beach. Uh, it's a fantastic haunted historic location. They've had uh, issues with funding and preserving it because it's it's on a little peninsula there at Virginia Beach. And if you can matter, imagine a waterfront property uh, being very, very lucrative there, especially when it comes to tax dollars. So the entire rest of the neighborhood around it uh, has been overdeveloped. It wasn't supposed to be. It was supposed to be preserved as part of the trust for the uh, uh, for the property of of the house. But the the city, of course, you know, preferred getting the tax dollars out of it. And actually, I don't know how they got around it. I'm, I don't know all the specifics of the case. But they were able to get that land sold off to developers. And so there's a bunch of like million dollar homes and things, you know, modern ones around this building. So it ends up making it look very out of place. Um, and so they're always having problems because it would be, of course, more lucrative for the city if they actually uh, got a hold of that property. Now you talk about Native American legends, the tennis courts for that neighborhood that are actually uh, behind this house were built on top of a, a, native, a native american mound so they have a lot of issues with things like that there so the uh, concerning thing with this was the was the best parlor the, the first time that i was ever there they had it set up as a mock wake because yes they would hold the wakes in here but there's something that happened to me uh while i was there that uh well You'll just have to watch the footage and we will discuss uh, after we we watch it together. So here's the fairy plantation. So we are in here with the body. I've got the K2 meter set up here. I love the black taffeta. And over here is a photograph. Spirit photograph that was taken right here. Over there, by the foot of it, little shadow movement. I still feel really, really cold right here. So, what would you like to see here? There's something you'd like to see here instead? You can just tell me. You know, I'm, I have something here that might be able to pick up your voices on my arm weird fox and it's on my arm. Just talk to me. It might be able to catch your voice. What was that? While I am explaining my audio recorder, the camera captures an EVP that says, help me. While the bleed over from the next room has caused a lot of the audio footage to be unusable in this investigation, this particular EVP is very distinct and different from the muffled sounds coming from the other room. You can just tell me, you know, I'm, I have something here that might be able to pick up your voice. It's on my arm, a weird fox, and it's on my arm. Just talk to me, it might be able to catch your voice. What was that? Okay, I've stepped outside for a few minutes. 
Um, I just had to take a breather. I was told that um, stuff could be seen shooting out of me when I came out of that room. And whatever I had asked while I was in there, they actually saw something shoot into there. So from the questions that I was asking, it attracted something from their room into my room, which was the uh, best parlor, but that's where they held the wakes. That's why that is set up there. And, um, yeah, then they could see stuff shooting on me. So that was extremely overwhelming. I don't, and, and like I said, uh, those of you that have been watching my videos for ever know that I don't usually get like that. So, um, that was really an intense moment. I have never, I, I have, like I said, I have felt temperature changes before, but I have never felt, um, temperature changes like that before. That was massive, massive temperature change. Thoughts were coming into my head, which, you know, like, answers to, to the questions that I was throwing out there. So, it, it goes on within the, if you watch that video on the Hunter Road Media YouTube channel on the ferry, well, I have, I have several on the ferry plantation, but really that very first investigation that I did there, which is what this is from. Um, I experienced things in that moment that I usually do not on paranormal investigations. I was, I mean, I was really connected with somebody there as I was doing my EVP session. Yeah, I caught the help me EVP and all that. And it got super, super cold in that room. There are other things that were going on. I was seeing uh, some different, yeah, maybe small balls of light, but there were like strands of light that I was seeing. And people mentioned when I came out of that room, because they were in the library uh, right outside, when I walked through the door, they were seeing like balls of light shoot off of me, uh, which is just really bizarre to think of. I didn't see it myself because I was just walking out and I was kind of in a daze after being in there because the energy was just so overwhelming. But basically, um, I was addressing the mock wake that was set up there, this, this body. And what I was being told, you know, basically it was, it was the woman of the house. And at this, at this point in time, I can't remember what her name was, but uh, but basically she was telling me that the the spirits that were there, that the family basically did not like this setup there, that yes, while wakes were held in the house, that this room had a lot of happy memories, that it, of, you know, people weren't always dying. They weren't always holding wakes here. Now this was a, this was a paracon. Uh, so, you know, cause they're trying to be spooky and things like that. They had set that up, but she wanted me to tell those that, you know, the, the caretakers of, of the house to take that down. And I passed along that message, but this was really, really overwhelming for me uh, to have something like that happen. And that is not something that I usually do or have happen to me during a paranormal investigation. Uh, you know, I've, I've had people before tell me, People will ask me, are you, are you psychic? And I'll say, no, I never claim to be a psychic or anything like that. Um, but admittedly, I do have a little bit more going on than, well, than I will admit to. And people have told me, and people that are kind of intuitive like that will tell me that, yeah, you do have more going on than, you, than you're willing to admit to. And that maybe I should you know, venture down uh, more of that path. I mean, I only have so much time during the day, but uh, that was a moment where, you know, that spirit really found me. That was really adamant in me delivering a message. And I did. And the next time that I went back, they no longer had that uh, mock wake set up there. All right, we got about 15 minutes left in the show. I got two more uh, spooky haunted locations to cover here. And this next one, I have never shown any of this footage ever. Um, I did do a Friday night ghost frights way back in the day, uh, in 2016 on this location using 
a couple of clips from live streams, a couple of photos in just you know, telling the story, but I've never actually shown this video footage. So we're gonna be talking about Fox Hollow Farm out in Westfield, Indiana. This was the home of, and basically it, call it a farm. Yes, it, technically, I guess it's a farm. Um, and it's not just a house, this place is a mansion. Uh, and it was the home of Herb, Herb Baumeister and his family. Herb was a serial killer. And what he would do is uh, he would go to the bars trolling for young men and he would bring them back to his home and he would murder them. So two locations in which he would do that, the, uh, both of them were in the basement. Of, I, say, I should say two primary locations. Uh, the, uh, the game room in the basement, the more notorious location is in the pool. And the uh, pool hose that is still there is supposedly the same one that he actually used to uh, murder people with. There's also supposed to have been, uh, I guess he, he chased one of the, the young men down through the house and into the apartment area. I'll get to the story with the apartment uh, here just after we show the clips because that was really wild the night that we were there. So, but um, yeah, there's, there's good old Herb there. So when he was finally found out, he fled to Canada. And what ended up happening was somebody did, he, he, he ended up uh, committing suicide up there, but uh, he had been discovered kind of sleeping in his car uh, by a cop. He gave some false stories. So he wasn't uh, immediately apprehended because, you know, they didn't know that was Herb at the time. And there was a box of videotapes in, in the back seat. When they eventually found him after he had committed suicide, the box of videotapes was gone. And that's mentioned in this, in this video clip. Um, basically, he had recorded the murders. So let me go ahead and, and show you this, uh, these clips. This is the off the back patio. This is the crime scene tape. You can see the woods came up. That's not that yeah. far. Right. That's yeah, that's, that is close. And then, um, yeah, there's just more off the back patio crime scene tape. This is that mulch pile I was telling you about. Mm -hmm. Right. There's that western fence. This is sort of looking that way. Okay. And they're okay. digging through the pile. This is actually in the creek. Oh, okay. Um, they're sifting some of the dirt. There's a mandible laying on the ground. You see, that's just the way they were. There's pieces all over the place. Mm -hmm. Did they have yeah. to drain that at the time, Rob? No, or was it, no, it was dry. At it, the time? it was dry. Okay. Uh, this is down at the University of Indianapolis. Those are all the okay. Some of the bones that down. These handcuffs were found in the uh, in the mulch pile, actually attached to a to an arm. Okay, so in the winter of '94, uh, her son found a complete skeleton. Right. Right. Now, a skeleton was found back here. Theory kind of goes like this, at least from our Hamilton County Sheriff. He said, as time went by, he starts dumping them closer, and they found them bones all through the woods. We, I still find them back there. Uh, his son finds the skeleton. He now realizes someone has seen something. Right. So he goes through the woods and picks up what he can find and starts a burn pile. And that was just to the mm. left of the tree, about where that down tree is. Okay. Okay. And that's where he was burning. So when the police, she finally let the police onto the property, she said, they said, show me where you found that skeleton. She takes them out here, and they look around, and there are bones everywhere. So they spent about a week right there. Most of the fragments and bones they found were, were less than an inch. The, the anthropologist told me literally uh, uh, we, uh, 5 o'clock, the, the last day they were going to be here, uh, two guys from the Peterson farm came over and said, what are you looking for? And they said, well, you know, we're looking for bones. And they said, well, all the bones are over in the creek. And you're still finding stuff out there occasionally? Yeah, I just took a, a box down about a month ago. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, where's the apparition that people are reporting? Uh, well, where does that show up out here? Yeah, the, the part, that part is, of the body. Yeah, that, I've never seen it, but my wife has seen it twice. Uh, we were on the backside painting here, and just uh, these three trees right here. Uh, she said, walking away from her, and he just walks into those trees. 
right. right there. He's wearing like a red hoodie or something like that. No, it was a red shirt. Red shirt. Red shirt. Okay. T shirt, but he, he had no legs. Right. Yeah. Walking, walking into here. Yeah. Right there, dude. Right there. Look at yep. the uh, trail the cops have worn down through there. Yeah. Down through here. <coughs> oh, there's the street. All right. Um, the pump room down there is very active. Uh, for some reason, it's uh, this is uh, this is this is very active. Oh, really? Right. I remember. Mm -hmm. I remember hearing this was yeah. very active area. He'll tell you most people were killed in the other room. This room. Oh, really? And uh, Mark said he had a camera in that vent, and he videotaped everything. Wow. Right, because uh, when they, there was, what, a, a cop that caught him under a bridge in Canada, they had videotapes then, but when he shot himself, the videotapes were gone? Right. Yeah, because yeah. Mark told him, he said he's got video cameras set up everywhere, so when the police came here to search, they asked his wife, where are the videotapes, and she showed him it's a room across from the pool. It was a shelf, and they, she went in there, and they're, they're all gone. And you're right, when he got to Canada, a uh, man of the police stopped him the night before he killed himself, mm -hmm. knocked on the window, said, you can't sit here or park here, and she shined the light in the back of the car, it was full of videotapes. Of course, when they went up there to collect him in the car, videotapes. Yeah, so that is that house. Very, very creepy, at least to me. Now, we didn't. As we ran most of our investigation that night, we didn't get a lot of activity. We, we did a lot of investigating there within the pool area and then out in the game room area. And we didn't get a whole lot, a little bit here, a little bit there. It was really later on up in the apartment area. And I didn't really show you the apartment there. But, um, but that's where if people who have seen Fox Hollow Farm on the television shows, the, they have the door knocker. Uh, that will just on its own start knocking. So it's that uh, that room there. And again, we were up there. We were getting some interesting activity on uh, the, the EMF detectors when the storm kicked up. Now, here's the thing. We had been up there for a while doing some EVP work. Didn't, didn't get a whole lot at first. But then as we were starting to pack up, we still had the, the EMF detectors on. They started going like crazy. And we're like, well, should we... You know, we, should we continue investigating here a little bit more? And then all of a sudden, I mean, we had been noticing lightning flashes off in the distance and hearing a little thunder roll there uh, as, when we were investigating out in the woods and all that. So a storm was coming in. Well, all of a sudden, boom, the storm hits. Uh, we're hearing the rain pound and pound and pound against the roof. So it's like, okay, we'll, we'll stay here and, you know, we'll do a little bit more investigating. Did that for a while. Then finally, when the rain subsided, we wrapped it up, started taking everything out to the truck. And I'm walking with David Weatherly, who you saw with the, the long hair there in the in the video clips. And I turned to David and said, David, you notice something strange here? And he's like, well, what's that? I'm like, everything's dry. And he's like, you're right. We had heard rain pounding just you know 15 minutes beforehand against the roof of that apartment and yet everything outside was dry so it was like a, a phantom storm uh that it that had rolled through or at least phantom rain very very strange so uh but yeah fox hollow is um i don't know how people actually live there uh knowing what had happened in that house and to this day, they're still finding bones back there. That is, that is creepy. And they do see the uh, the apparitions there in the woods, and um, very, very tragic. Very, very tragic. So that that kind of is like major creep factor there. All right. So uh, to wrap it all up, we're going to go ahead and uh, show some if I could speak here, show some clips, a lot of S's in there, from Ohio State Reformatory. This is where we where we hold the Parasycon event, or I should say Tri-C holds the Parasycon event. So uh, next May, 
Paris Icon 4 will be held here once again. Uh, they had uh, they had me down here by the cell blocks. Uh, I was next to, to Brian, and uh, they had a nice row of us as you know, you walk down to where they hold the uh, the speakers, which is actually <laughs> in the showers. Uh, but it's a nice big room, which is why they do that. So, all right. A uh, few clips here on Ohio State Reformatory, which is, uh, I've had a lot of experiences there. Definitely very haunted. The Ohio State Reformatory in Mansfield, Ohio, first opened in 1896 and served for nearly 100 years. It is considered one of the most haunted locations in the United States. Okay, so I'm down here in solitary confinement, right around the area where unfortunately one of the guards, Frank Hanger, was bludgeoned to death by a prisoner trying to make an escape. So this area is reportedly to be very haunted. We're also going to go a little further down into solitary where one inmate murdered another. Hello? Ooh. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, oh, oh. I'm actually getting lightheaded. Hello? What are you doing down here? Yeah, I just thought I heard a voice. Hello? tell the story of what's happened up and down here in solitary. There were some unfortunate deaths down here. And if I have part of the story wrong, by all means, please correct me. The library, which also once served as a hospital, has been a hotspot for many paranormal investigators. We're walking right through this area right here. We heard a a woman. So I am in the chapel. I know very hard to see you when I'm actually in, but I am in the chapel. In here, people capture a lot of EVPs, and there is supposedly a photo of a little boy sitting in one of the pews, but people contend that it may actually be the end of the pew. But you never know. A lot of people do like to come in here, sit down in one of the pews, just relax and listen for the voices of the spirits. Okay, I am standing in cell number 13, the tragic cell number 13 on tier number four where James Lockhart took his life in 1960. He was only age 22. He was serving one to 15 years for assault with intent to kill. And basically he grew too depressed about being in here and decided to set himself on fire. So he has smuggled in some accelerant, some lighter fluid, set himself on fire right here in this cell. And so they say that when the guards um, you know, were trying to extinguish the fire and get him out of here, that the flesh was falling off his body. Very, very gruesome. So, um, so people, of course, do say that they encounter uh, his spirit within here and within the cell block. I have yet to interact with Mr. Lockhart. But I have a couple times down in the fire control center have experienced something going on where uh, a few times there someone playing with my hair, kind of patting me on the head, that sort of thing. And then the last time I was here, uh, I was hearing this weird, strange hiss down there. So who hangs out here at the fire control center? One of the more haunted little-known areas of Ohio State Reformatory is the third floor admin area west wing. Now up here, this door is currently closed off and is barred up, but it didn't used to be. Now I've been up here several times, I've always gotten some sort of uh, heavy feeling or some sort of buzzing feeling. I have heard a couple of pops down there, um, down by the doorway. Could just be building stuff. 
um, not nice. I just saw a little something overhead. What's interesting there about those last couple little clips where I'm in the hallway, I'm hearing some different things, and the uh, Keep the Girl EVP, it's right outside the door for the, the room with no windows. They, they keep a chair in the middle there. And, and people report that this room is very haunted. A lot of theories as to what the room was actually used for, uh, but nobody knows for sure. And uh, I've sat in there many times and I've had absolutely nothing happen. But sitting right outside the door and in that hallway, a lot of stuff in the hallway right outside of it. So uh, I, I find that kind of interesting. And the uh, uh, the door that I was mentioning about for the third floor admin West Wing. So when uh, when Tri C first started investigating there many years ago, uh, they reportedly had a night in which there were illuminated blue balls of light that were uh, moving about inside the room. Now it's basically an old bathroom, and the first time I ever went, the door was open. You could walk in. I should say they had it closed, but I opened the door and I walked in because it's just a cage door. Um, kind of weird how a cage door in an admin building uh, would be on a bathroom. So I'm not sure the, the reasoning behind that. We um, used to be able to go in there. And then each time after that, the door was locked. You could no longer get into that room at all. And now the last couple of times that I've been back, They've had that whole uh, that whole floor to that wing blocked off where you can't even get over there at all now. So something strange is is going on within there. Um, so I, I wish I could have shown you uh, more things from uh, from those investigations there at OSR, but we are out of time. So I've really had to hack in a bunch of clips. Uh, the the library there. Uh, that I mentioned and you just kind of really saw briefly. Uh, that was actually a, it served as a, tubercul a tuberculosis hospital for a uh, short period of time for the local community. So could you imagine that? You get tuberculosis and not only do you have to go to a hospital, but your hospital is at the prison. So, uh, so a lot of people actually, when they hear voices or they see apparitions, in many cases, it's related to that, or people have uh, said that they've interacted with the spirit of a nurse over there. One of the other ones that I did not show was the showers. And um, before going in there, and this is why I get information uh, as, as much as I can, people have reported interacting with a spirit down there who likes baseball and so and, and just you know go try it go down there talk about any other subject it's quiet 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 start talking about baseball boom all of a sudden you start getting activity so it's definitely something to it all right well we have to wrap this up for those that are listening to the podcast version of this later if you want to actually watch those clips please come on out to connecteduniverseportal.com i upload all this stuff to the portal site later on in the week of course you guys are watching it live now those who are with us but we do encourage those listening later to come join us for all of this and especially that fox hollow farm stuff uh, again, I have never uploaded that stuff anywhere before. Uh, you're also seeing some uh, behind the scenes shadow dimension stuff that's never been uh, uploaded anywhere before. So you come out here uh, for that for sure. The other ones you'd have to sift through the Haunted Road Media YouTube channel, which uh, at one point had over 700 videos uploaded to it. And I've um, turned some of them off uh, since then, but uh yeah, that's uh, you'd have to do some sifting to find some of those. I encourage you to do so, but um, but yeah, please join us here, connecteduniverseportal.com. For everybody else uh, who joins us here live, remember next week, no class because I'm going to be in New York City that night, and uh, yeah, so I won't be able to host the class, and I'm traveling the next days in. I'm basically traveling throughout that week and it's just not going to be 
feasible. So we're going to skip a week here. Just keep that in mind. All right, everybody. Have a good night. Stay safe. Enjoy your Halloween. Have fun with it. Um, to me, that's the, the most important thing with, with Halloween is just have fun and have some pumpkin. <laughs> All right, everybody, have a good night. Till next time, if time really exists. <laughs>